Hey everybody, today on the Build Your Team show, I am excited to introduce you to one of my friends, Jeremy Funderburg. Now, Jeremy, I don't think I know anyone who is as adept at building sales teams as Jeremy. Now, we touched on it a little bit today, but we spent a lot of time talking about his new book, Never Work the 40. So guys, hold on to your seats. Listen to my buddy, Jeremy. Now, I'm going to tell you all this. Jeremy looks young, but don't let that pretty baby face fool you. Jeremy has a ton of knowledge and a ton of wisdom, and he's going to drop some on you today here on the Build Your Team show. And as always, this episode of Build Your Team is brought to you by none other than Client Attraction Pros. If you are an expert in your field, but you are not a recognized expert in your field, it's time that you become a recognized expert. And we at Client Attraction Pros can help you do just that, to become the expert, the recognized expert, the thought leader in your field. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Build Your Team. I am your host, Atiba, and I've got Jeremy Funderburg with me. Now, I know y'all hear me say all the time, this is my friend, but seriously, the way Jeremy and I met was crazy in the first place. It was through a mutual friend who called both of us because he had a live stream and his guest backed out and he called us and like, hey, can you guys get on and talk? And I was like, sure. Jeremy was like, sure. We had never met each other. And I think it was supposed to be like a 20 minute live stream. And I think we went for like an hour and a half that day, didn't we? <laughs> um, but we had a ton of fun. But listen, Jeremy is the author of the new book, Never Work the 40, How to Build a Six figure part-time business. Jeremy, my friend, welcome. What's going on, brother? Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here, man. I'm glad we got to do this once again. It's good to have you. In, and so you've written this book and we want to talk about the book, right? And obviously we're going to talk about building team as well. And we want to talk about building team. And I want to go back to where you started, it really isn't where you started, because I know where you started. This wasn't where you started. This is where you took off, which is Instant Scale Media. Uh, tell us about Instant Scale Media and some of your background there. And feel free to go all the way back to the gym if you want to. All right. Yeah, definitely. And I think my marketing journey, it has to start at the gym. And for everybody who's listening, like, was he working out? Like, what, what was going on? Like, <laughs> But nah, it just really started out. You know, even before then, taking a corporate job, working the corporate route, just doing what everybody told me I had to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll play the game. You know, I take everybody's bad advice that, you know, go to work hard, get a good job, just so I could hit the 45 year plan and start work at 22, work till I'm 67, get $1,500 a month from Social Security. Yeah. That ain't you know? right. <laughs> but that's what everybody told me to do. So, like <laughs> most people, we just do what we're taught, you know, because most of us have broke people that try to teach us how to make money and they never made no money. Right. So I'm working the corporate thing and I get married, help this company do a million dollars worth of business in three months. 
get married. They do a celebration for me. I'm feeling good. Come in the next day. They're like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. All my stuff in the box. Kick me out. Wow. And that was the gym, right? No, nah, that's before the gym. Oh, that was even before the gym? Oh, I didn't even know that. That was before the gym. Oh, man. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm like, dang, I'm sitting here. I'm feeling stupid. I'm like, I got to figure something out. I just got married. So then I applied for a sales management position at the gym. Ah, okay. And then I'm on the interview, and I'm like, I'm interviewing hard. I'm trying to close the deal. And I could tell, like, I'm being interviewed by the vice president. And it, it was cool because like he's hired me as the general sales manager, or at least that's what I'm interviewing for. And he's like, all right, well, I want to show you around the gym. And it's a three, three story gym. There's an elevator in there. And on the top floor, they have what's called cardio cinema. Mm -hmm. And it's like a movie theater, but instead of theater seats, there's like treadmills and exercise bikes. And I go, what? This is cool. So on the interview, I pull out my cell phone go on insta and i start promoting he goes are oh, you good with social media marketing that's what we need so he ends up hiring me he's like we need help with this social thing i know absolutely nothing about social media marketing <laughs> <laughs> so what i do i go online i buy an online course and i just start studying and the course didn't teach me everything i needed to know to get into marketing but the one thing it did teach me was I can make a heck of a lot more money doing this as an agency working for myself than I could for the gym. Right. And the reason I mentioned the job before that is because I knew if I could grow someone else's company a million dollars in three months, I could do the same for myself. Right. So I was able to take the leap of faith and start my first agency, Elite Minds Marketing. And then from there, I opened up Instant Scale Media, which is my second agency. Y'all heard that. So that's now two agencies. And don't let, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to mess with you on this. Don't let the baby face fool you, y'all. He ain't as young as he looks. <laughs> you got a ton of experience, too. So now, okay, so you've been a, a sales manager, marketing manager. You've run two agencies. So clearly, clearly, you didn't do that by yourself. Clearly, you had to have had some help, which also clearly means at some point in time, you were hiring people, yeah. right, to work for you. So first, let me ask you this. Were you hiring virtually or all in person, or were you always hybrid? So for the agency perspective, we started virtually. I was going to okay. say it was all virtual, but eh, kind of hybrid. So Okay. But right, I, start off, I recommend people start off hiring a virtual assistant. That's typically the easiest first hire, somebody overseas in the Philippines. Okay. So so talk to me about that. So your first hire, I want to go back to that, right? Now, was your first hire a, a virtual assistant? Yep. Okay. So let's go back. What was that process like? What did you go through? And here's why I'm asking. I'm asking because I hear a lot of people who they're ready to hire their first person and they are terrified, mm. right? What if I hire the wrong person? What am I going to have them do? How am I going to pay them? Do I have enough work for them? What if I hire the wrong person? What if I got to fire this person? What if I hire the wrong? And they keep going back. And then, Did you go through any of that when you were hiring your first person? 
Man, it's crazy. crazy. I'm glad you, uh, you, you asked that because I am not risk adverse at all. <laughs> I am a bet everything type of person. As long as I'm betting on me, I would take any risk. My philosophy in life is make a decision, make it right. And I have to make a lot of stuff right because I make a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> but I always make it right. So my first hire, I for totally forgot about this because when say no, like I bought into a coaching program and they provided the virtual assistant. That was my uh, second virtual assistant. My first one, I tried to do it on my own. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I hired somebody 20 hours a week and paid them way more than I should have. Like almost paying them regular employee wages. And I was like, yeah, I just need you to be an appointment setter. Book some appointments for me. He worked for him for two months and booked a total of somewhere, I don't know, I think it's this big round number that looks like a zero. <laughs> <laughs> that is a round number, all right. You <laughs> <laughs> ain't never booked a single appointment. But I would start learning there's agencies and other programs where they actually do this for you. They can come pre-vetted. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you can, I'll learn to set up and know, all right, before I want to hire, what do I need them to accomplish? And mm -hmm. to actually create, you know, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, all right, well, now I can get actual accurate job descriptions and tasks. Yep. I can set the expectations beforehand, which is cool. But then I realized, crap, I need to have SOPs for these people. I can't just expect them just to jump in and do a job. That's like, right. There needs to be some type of a system. So I made a right. lot of mistakes. I mean, I lost a lot of money, <laughs> but we figured it out. <laughs> you lost a lot of money before you figured it out. And so you said there a couple of things, you, job description, expectations, and SOPs. And we talk a lot about that here. Let me ask you this question, because there's one other factor that we talk about here. Tell me if you've run into this too. We also hire, I mean, we hire internally, but I also talk about hiring for fit that if this person doesn't fit your environment it doesn't matter if they can do the job they're going to be a cancer eventually yeah you you experienced that too yeah i learned that from the corporate world where i'm like you, you don't want anybody you don't want everybody mm -hmm. because if you've ever quit a job you never just quit and say you know what i'm out of here i'm gone like most people think like, nah, I just straight up and quit. But no, the reality is you quit two, three months before then. Yep. It just took you a minute before you made it official, but mentally you right. already quit. And as soon as you quit mentally for those next two, three months, you're bringing down everybody with you. Killing the environment. So for me, as soon as I started building a team where I had more than one employee, it was every morning team meeting we're talking successes we're encouraging each other we're pumping each other up and we're just keeping that positive morale high every single day because yeah. i know as soon as i see you pulling away from that i already know where you're at mentally i already know how to check the pulse on that so we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about it and we can see how things need to proceed from there but i'm not going to let you tear down my whole organization it's just not happening yeah. No, absolutely. So let's touch on that for a moment. Let's touch on those morning meetings and, and, and the positivity and, and talking about wins. So what does that look like? Like, what's the blueprint of the outline of that meeting for everybody? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my philosophy is no one person is worth more than the other. You know, there's a lot of people that start businesses and think, oh, I'm the boss. I'm the owner. I'm worth more than everybody. Right. Well, hmm. guess what? I don't have my VA handling everything from an administrative point, keeping everything together. My business is going to crumble. I'm not all apart. Yep. I don't have my appointment setters booking appointments. There's nobody for my closures to close. My closures don't close anybody. There's no revenue coming in. Exactly. So I'm like, all right, well, if my copywriters aren't constantly pushing out email campaigns and fixing and tweaking our ads and, and fixing up our landing pages, we ain't getting our message in front of people. So everybody's role is important. And yes. then we just make sure the team knows that so we can celebrate each other. Hey, Cole, great job onboarding. Hey, Brian, good job booking five appointments the other day. Hey, Derek, great job closing these deals. And they know that they just work well together. And we know that everybody's counting on each other. Right, right. So you get real specific with the price. That's what I heard there. Yep. Now, is the price coming from you? Is it lateral, like coming from peers? Or am I responsible as the employee to say, this is what I did, and then you praise it? So we just, we have that, that culture of like, if the employees aren't recognizing each other, I'm going to initiate it. We're just typical okay. house anyways. I'm initiated and then people can just jump in and praise each other. Right, right. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love what you said as well. And, and I hope that everybody caught that, that one of the benefits of that environment is you can start to see individuals who are acting differently. Right. I'm going to make a really wild analogy here, Jeremy. I hope you don't mind. This is a wild <laughs> analogy. Okay. So one of my hobbies is fish. I've got aquariums and I breed fish, so on and so forth. Right. And I can tell when a fish is sick. I can tell when a fish is about to die because I'm noticing you're not eating the way you used to. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. I've got, I may have 30 fish in one tank, but I noticed this one is not eating like the rest of them. So something's not right with that one. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's the exact same thing you're seeing in that team meeting environment from what I'm hearing you say, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly so, right. And so that's awesome. So now, how do you deal with that? So now, Bobby, we notice Bobby's starting to, to pull away a little bit. Or he's not what he used to be in the meeting. And so we're starting to, to consider maybe Bobby's on the decline. Mm -hmm. And we know there may be a couple months do you let them ride that couple of months out? Do you, what, what do you do? No, it's, it's simple. It's just, once you notice it, just, hey, let's just chat one-on-one -on -one real quick. I like to do one-on-one -on -one check-ins with the team mm -hmm. throughout the day anyway. I love to have those midday check-ins. I love to have those end-of-the-day calls, just so that we can make sure the days are, because I don't want you to have a dip for too long. Right. So, I can say, hey, what's been going on? What challenges you like? What can I be doing better? How can I assist you? How do I make things better for you? And I'm just going to let them tell me what, where their headspace is. Anything I can do, anything I'm messing up on, I take full right. responsibility for it. And then if it's just them, they're just not producing, they're just not there, whatever it is, it's just as simple as, 
hey dude, noticed the past couple weeks, past three weeks, you haven't really hit your numbers. I've been watching this decline. Is everything good? Hey, look, bro. I just want you to know, I still believe in you. Mm -hmm. I think you're a rock star. And you know what? I think that this was just something temporary. So I don't want to just like let you go. But I think just next two weeks, let's just give it everything you got. Right. And I think you can handle it. And after two weeks, if things just aren't going right, man, then we can talk again and see now what makes the best fit. Maybe you might be fit for a better role somewhere else. Oh, whatever the situation would be. But man, just know that, hey, I still believe in you. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's great. So, you know, it's, and I hope as you guys are listening to this and you've got people in your organizations and you're growing your organizations, you're starting to see behavior that doesn't fit the way it used to. It's not just to say, oh, well, maybe they're having a hard time and let it go. But hear what Jeremy's saying. You got to address it. Now, he didn't address it in, in the meeting. He didn't call him out in the middle of the meeting. Hey, Bobby, what's going on, man? You seem kind of aloof today, right? He didn't address it in the meeting, but you pull him aside and you have that conversation and, and you build that rapport and that relationship with them, right? To, so that they know that you care and, and that they're more willing to open up and, and actually share um, what's going on. And then the key that Jeremy also said there, I hope you guys caught this too, was then we set specific milestones. We set specific goals, right? He gave them two weeks. Let's give it all we've got, right? At the end of this two weeks, we're expecting X or Y or Z. And then we evaluate at the end of that period of time. Yeah. Right? So that's absolutely key. Now, I do want, I want to shift gears just a, a minute, okay? And I know we've been talking about employees and I've got more staff questions for you, but I also want to talk about your new book. All right. Never work the 40. So, so first off, let's just start there. That's a bold statement. And I know right now this is, you know, the great resignation is going on and all of this stuff. And you write a book, never, not, not maybe, not, you know, think about, not, Try, but don't stay long. You wrote a book and it, and it starts with never. Never. Right? Not a never say never. Never, never work the 40. Tell us about the book. Tell us about the title and tell us how do we build a six-figure part-time business? Yeah, that's what it is. Never. Strong never. Like, strong uh, never. You, you have a, a biblical background, like, Yep. You know, people were like, Ume, never, no, never. <laughs> yep. Never worked the 40. And it, it just hit me when I didn't realize it until when I was working corporate, I was making $35,000 a year. Super producing wasn't making any money. Right. Working 40, 50 hours a week, 50 weeks a year, giving the best days and hours of my life to a job. And then I start working for myself. And just in one month, me and my wife, we traveled three times. We're on six flights. And I, I worked less than 10 hours the entire month. And I made $20,000. Mm. Wow. I used to work all day, every day, all year to barely make more than what I just made in one month, working less than 40 hours a week. 
And that's like, I didn't even work 40 hours the entire month. I can't remember the last time I worked a 40 hour month. Wow. And I can still make more than most people make working full time. Just starting a digital marketing company. Make sure your service is no less than $3,000 a month. If you have a service, you charge $3,000, you help somebody make $10,000, they'll take it every single time. They're going to buy from you every month. If you only get one client a month, for three months, you're at $9,000 a month. Over the course of a year, you're going to make six figures working completely part-time. Wow. So let me ask you a question. So you said it's for, you know, start a digital marketing company, right? Mm -hmm. So what if somebody can't even spell digital marketing? Like they know so little, they can't even spell it. I teach everybody to outsource it. You ain't got to do the work. There's contractors and freelancers, and there's a number of people where you can say, hey, I'm going to charge this person $3,000. you will do it for $750, and I'm just going to keep the rest of the profit. You do all the work. So they might work the 40. I ain't going to work but the But you're 40. not. But it's their passion. They're doing what they love to do, so they don't mind working the 40. Right. Right, right. And that circles us right back around to building your team. Yep. <laughs> right? And and that being part of the big key here in never work a 40. Big. Right? You got to build that solid team. Right? And so you said that, that you start with um, a virtual assistant as your first hire, right? We've talked about just some of the team building things that you do, the team building aspects, et cetera, et cetera, to really build community and build the culture. And honestly, probably even build accountability as well, right? Because nobody wants to show up to those meetings and have nothing to say or nothing said about them. So you're building accountability as well within that. So now I want to ask you a question and go completely the other way, because we talked about all the good stuff. We've talked about the good stuff. What happens when it goes off the rails? How do you deal? Do you have a story of when working, having someone on your staff has gone off the rails and you've had to learn some major lessons in managing people? And what were those lessons? And, and what would you say to somebody else? And if you knew before that, that would have made it easier for you. I'm blessed to say that since the agency space, I haven't had to deal with anything crazy because I got most of my mistakes out in the past past because even before doing that other corporate stuff, like I opened a tattoo shop and my lessons in choosing business partners and team members, like, man, I had to stab, I had the tattoo shop, my business partner stole all my stuff, got one of the employees pregnant, ran away. One of the employees was best friends with the girl that got pregnant. So as soon as she was out, he was out. And then our last employee who was the main tattoo artist. That man was fresh out of prison, started threatening people, doing underhanded deals, and then took all the clients and ran. Wow. So I lost tons of money back then. I was 19 at the time. I lost everything. Man. I'm like, dang. So I learned all the bad stuff back then. Okay. So now I I have the eye for it. I can look for it. But I still get bad hires. Like Yeah. First in-state appointment setter. I hired him, put together everything he needed. 
He lasted about three days before he fully quit. The next appointment setter I had, mind you, I paid a company 30 grand to find these people for me. The next appointment setter lasted one day and then he quit. I said, all right, well, I need to take time to train these people and get them competent and know that I'm here beside them. Mm -hmm. So the third appointment setter I hired, first day onboarding training, second day onboarding training. So Monday, Tuesday, onboarding training, Wednesday, onboarding training. Thursday, he finally starts doing his reach outs. So he starts getting traction. We're, we're like, yeah, we got this. Friday morning, he quit. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> can somebody last longer than a week? What is going on? It takes too much time and money to onboard the train. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention all the opportunity costs. So those are the only horror stories I get now are just hiring people that just, they don't even last a week. Yeah. Wow. I, I can't lie. I have those two. I, I have those two. So I, I, yeah, I can't lie. But the, the key thing there is you had the horror stories and you've learned and you've grown, you've gotten better and you still have issues. Now you may not repeat some of those past mistakes, right? Maybe you can see some of those warning flags coming sooner. But you would not have done that if you didn't jump into the pool and hire. Heck, even bring on business partners, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, and had the failures even, right? That's what makes you the business person you are today. That what makes you the manager, the employer that you are today, even though you still have issues today. And that's one of the keys here for me and with for everyone about hiring staff is there is no silver bullet. Sometimes you do get lucky, right? But you're not always going to get lucky. It's just not possible. No. Okay. And even when you do feel like, go ahead. So I wish it worked that way. <laughs> right. We all do. And even when you feel like you were lucky, you start to realize I actually had a string of bad luck before I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's cool because even when you find the good people, you got to realize good people got options. So if you're not a good employee, you're going to lose your good people. Mm. Mm, say that again. Good people got options. And then, by the way, if you want to really know a, a secret, if you're hiring somebody and they ain't got no options, <laughs> you probably ain't hiring a good person. Right. 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 Yeah, that is also very true. Right. But it also goes the other way, because if they've got too many options, sometimes they're not going to be a great fit either. So you got to find that balance. Yeah, you gotta have your, it's just like selling a product. You gotta have a unique selling proposition. You gotta have your value add stuff to why you wouldn't work for me. If you're trying to hire a salesperson, a good salesperson, they got options and they know right. I can go anywhere and make money. So now you gotta figure out why would they work for you? Exactly. What is it that you're bringing to them that they can't find somewhere else that will make them want to stay here? Because like you said, good sales, especially in sales, I mean, they're gonna make it rain. Yeah. And people will pay them to make it right. So like right, right. now, I have another program that is going to be 12 grand. The closure gets 10%. They're full commission. 
But I'm going to make sure they got enough appointments on their calendar so that they can close a minimum of 10 deals every month while still working part-time. And at 10%, what's that, like 1200 bucks per deal they close? Yeah. They close 10 of those. They're going to make twelve grand working part-time for me, remote from anywhere they want to. Go to the beach and close the deal. I don't care. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Well, brother, thank you, man. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. This is our first time. Won't be our last time for sure. Okay. Before we go, though, tell everyone how to get the book. Yeah. If you want to read the book, um, I guarantee it's going to bring value to you. Even if you're not even in our industry. I got people in other industries reading a book that's like, yo, it's actually... if you go to neverworkthe40.com, you see Eric Dale on there. He's in like trucking and clothing. Mm-hmm. He just heard the part of the book about having a niche and it revolutionized his business. So read the book. I don't care what your industry is. It's going to add value to you, but neverworkthe40.com. You can get it. Um, if you're listening, the book retails at 47 You guys can get it for $22. How about that? So you get a deal too. Neverworkthe40.com. Calm, y'all. Never work the 40.com. Jeremy, brother, thank you for being here. Like I said, it's our first. Won't be our last time, but I'll see you real soon. See you, bye, bye everybody. <laughs>